<laughs> Caesar. I'm caps lock different. It's facts, not fiction. Said I black out for real, then the track gone missing. If it's cap, I'm dipping. We ain't talking about a move, then it's flatline finished. When I spaz, I'm grinning. Pull a peel off in the Sadies, and I pass by spinning. It's perks with the slate, but I don't have my skinnage. Took a quick trip, and now I'm back home winning. And I see they eyes pop like I snack on spinach. Pull up to the spot, she try and grab my digits. I'm already eight shots, a henny past my limit. Here you go. Hazards with a dash full of tickets. I'ma act like I don't see them. I got bad eye vision. Y'all can't pass my scrimmage. Why y'all tripping? It's Aruba. I realized I had to go. What's up, guys? Welcome back to episode 167 of Psychotic and Iconic. Pause here along with my co-host Nick Theories and Philly Phil. Thank you to everybody that's tuned into the live stream tonight. If you haven't done so already, please go ahead and share it. Thank you to everybody that likes, follows, and subscribes to all of our platforms. Welcome Whoa. Back, Whoa. Hold on, man. How about last night with the Phillies, though? That was amazing. The no-hitter? Come on, man. That's, that, that shit's rare. Dude, I, we were so me and Allie were laying in bed. We're going right into it. So he threw a no-hitter against the Nationals, obviously. Um, we were laying there watching it, and I was talking to Allison about it. And my eyes were getting teared up when I saw his mom and his and his wife and uh, kid. And I was telling Allie, and she was like, are you really crying like that? And I started laughing. I'm like, if that was Gianni mm-hmm. or Christian, and they just did that, what, you wouldn't be crying like that? Like I- what? And then what's-his-face hit the home run? Weston? Yeah, Weston Wilson. Hits the home run, and... Um, and his dad's in the stands crying. Like, that last night was awesome, dude. If you were at that game. So, I heard a stat where if the same game where you throw a no-hitter and the first MLB at bat, the guy gets a home run in the same game, is like 1 in 1.3 million. That's how fucking rare last night was. We're brewing. That that last night was rare. That was amazing to see. Like Mr. Clean. Like, hitter. Michael Lorenzen, he, he's a relatable guy to me. He's cut yeah. from a different cloth. That motherfucker's a competitor. All he wanted was a chance to be a starting pitcher. He's finally getting a good chance. And this year, along with the Tigers and then us, this guy is cut different, man. I, I, I it, it's awesome to see the Phillies looking like they got the a steal of the of the uh, deadline. I know, honestly, I, dude. And he he fits perfectly into the culture, and that's what I was talking about with the whole Juan Soto thing. I know Juan Soto is great and everything, but you don't trade somebody 24 years old that good three different times in two years. There's a problem there. There's something. There's If that trade would have happened with the Phillies, it would have scared the shit out of me because there is something wrong there if somebody that talented keeps getting traded. Yeah. And I just, that's the way I feel. And when you see the, I was just talking about, Span, uh, me and Spanish were talking this, this morning. And we were Shout out Span. I know I miss my guy. Yeah. He's, he'll be back. Soda. He'll be back up here. But I said like the, I feel like the Phillies are like an Italian family. Like, they love each other, dude. It's a mob. They really do. Like, they, when uh, Trey Turner got the standing O, you saw Castellanos waving the towel. Everybody was cheering for him. And look how good Trey Turner's been. He's like 9 for 17 over his last two series. He's, he's, uh, he's you know, if he picks Energy. it up, if he picks it up, the Phillies are on the way. Right. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, and Lorenzen's first start, going back to that, he, he, his first start, he threw eight innings, six yeah. hits, two earned runs, and a W against the Marlins, and then now he threw a no hitter. This this guy, it, it looking like he could be a staple in this starting rotation here, and we need it. Yeah, I agree. Where do you see this team heading after uh, as we enter the final forty seven games? Right now, we currently sit sixty two and fifty two. I mean, sixty three and fifty two, top of the wild card spot. We're up three and a half games. How are these last final forty seven games going to be played out? I just I feel like we're about to hit our stride. I really do. I just feel like we're gonna hit our stride just like last year. And for the Phillies, like I don't think they'll catch the Braves because the Braves are really good, obviously. But I think that they could pull away with the wild card where they don't have to worry about that third the third one. Cause I think it's the Cubs, but they have like they want they're four games back. The Cubs are neck and neck with us, or or they're three games back, three and a half. So, So, oh yeah, you just mentioned that. Gonna gonna be four after 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 our dub tonight against the Nationals. Yeah, I just feel like the Phillies though. You can just tell they're trending up, and they're gonna hit their stride, and they're gonna go into the playoffs hot, just like they did last year. And hopefully, they could capture the same magic and the same momentum that they had last year and finish the job. I don't think hitting is gonna be our biggest concern moving forward. I think our hitting is gonna be. Just what it is, it's going to be a lot better, in my opinion, because I think Bryce Harper coming off of Tommy John, he's going to get a lot, you know, better and stronger as the season progresses. We just need Schwarber to, to his home runs. On. Bryce's home runs are down, but he will get his power back. I, 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 I 100% agree with that. Trey Turner, if he can turn the corner, 
you know, now we got something. But Schwarber to me has been, I would say, disappointing. Like I know he hits all the home runs and stuff, and it's it's great when he does it. But when you're batting 170, I don't know. I have I have my reservations about catch 22. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's and then it's just to me the only thing that honestly like really pisses me off at times is like I feel like Rob Thompson at times, man, like use analytics, don't rely on them. And I feel like there are times where he just relies on them. Like he didn't last night. Last night, I'm happy as fuck that That's he what I'm saying. There, but man. you know, Come it's on. just like sometimes he just does shit. Like I don't understand. Bryson Stott should be an everyday player. Right. Bryson Stott hits lefties better than righties. Well, Bryson Stott, he yeah, well, I mean, he needed a day off too. I know. I'm just That's saying, but Bryson Stott, but he was doing it all year with him. He wasn't an everyday player this year. Yeah, Stott, Stott's been he was in and out almost. He's he's been in there a lot this year. Stott. I feel like he's been in and out. I don't know. You sure? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he's been playing a lot. Stott. We got to check that out. We got to check that out. Yeah, we should. Um, but the, the biggest concern with me with the Phillies is we're going to go as far as our stars can take us. Because Nola this year, to me, has been a little bit shaky, and he's been giving up way too many home runs for my liking. So, I don't know. He's been a little bit too shaky. But our bullpen has been outstanding. And, um, you know, we had the best – we had the ninth best ERA and the eighth overall in hits given up this year in our bullpen. And we only given up seventh least home runs allowed in the league. So, I think our bullpen this year has been outstanding – and it's going to carry us in the playoffs. And you need that to move on in the playoffs. So just like last year, we got hot with our bats and our pitching was really exceptional. So I think we can turn this corner. It's just how how deep can our starters go in the game? I know. I know. It's pause. I get it. Uh, I know. It's fucking crazy to no, say that. that but is, I don't know how else to go. Like we need <laughs> Nola to be Nola. We can't like I feel like every I feel like for past few years, it's been the same story with Nola. When is he going to have that inning where he just gets lit up? I like. I feel like he's getting. He's given up so many home runs this year. You could sense it. It's like the first couple of batters of the inning that he's going to collapse. They're going to get hits, and they're going to get a double, a triple, a home run, something. Somebody's going to get a big hit, and then it's going to be like, well, here's the inning. This is the inning. You can kind of sense it. You could predict it. You could see it. You could see it happening. It's it's actually kind of funny that you said that. But, yeah, I think our starters are going to take us as far as we can go. Um, so, for me, that's the big, that's the biggest uh, question mark for me with the Phillies. Otherwise, our bats are still there. I'm not worried about our bats. Yeah, I'm, I'm really not worried about that. We'll be fine. Yeah, agreed. So, look, the Phillies pitching, just like Tom says all the time, he's 100% right. We'll go as far as our pitching takes us because we'll be able to hit with anybody. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Yeah, I, just, I agree you know, If our pitchers give up, some runs, our bats should be able to get it. But when our pitcher's throwing a gem, we can't have one run. Correct. When when Wheeler's throwing a gem out there in the seventh, eighth inning, and it's one nothing, you can't have that. You know, it's funny. It always seems to end up like that, though. It's like it's just the way it our starter will have like the best game, but our bats will just be quiet. But it's like it, like like you know, obviously last night was different. We scored seven runs. We were we were smoking our ass. But it always seems like when Nola pitches, like we don't really give him the actual support. I mean, I don't know. Because I feel like everybody's waiting for the same thing with Nola. Everyone is waiting with him for it to just be like, oh, here we go. And then he gets smoked and gives up. He'll have a no hitter, a no hitter going into the sixth. He'll come out for the seventh. And next thing you know, they got four runs. Right. It's it's just that it's just that's how I feel it is with Nola. I like this team though. I think the Braves, it's it's the Phillies and the Braves for me. And in in, a, in the in the National League, I, I don't. Hundred percent. I mean, who's another dark horse team though? The Cubbies. The Cubbies. I mean, they won. They, they won a couple of years better. ago. Yeah. So who knows? You catch a team. Any any of those teams that are hanging around that could just catch on, catch fire. Look, the Nationals did it. The hottest team usually wins in the end. The, the Nationals didn't what nineteen? Even though the Phillies or something like didn't finish it last year, though. That is terrible. That hurts. It does hurt, man. That's However, still that was hurts. one of the most fun times that I can remember in Philly sports history that I can remember that time of the year last year, the Eagles were awesome. The Phillies had the city rocking mm -hmm. with the dance and all my own shit. Oh, they need yeah. to bring that back. That was heat. They need to bring that back. That entire vibe. Yeah. Well, Tom said the Dodgers are tough, but we'll outpitch them. I, I, yeah, the Dodgers are always going to be there. They have the talent to, to really make some noise. They always, you know, Mookie, um, they, they're, 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 stuck. did you see what he said about Tim Anderson? Who? Um, Mookie, no, what he's on a podcast and he started laughing because Tim Anderson's his boy. And he goes, Yeah, I mean, he got got, and everybody started laughing. Now he did 
on the subject of that yo all right let's talk about that <laughs> i just i just thought of that yeah I, let's I actually talk about that, down, for, that yeah for a brief moment let's actually discuss it, that that fight when i watched that fight it, it looked like to me that tim anderson looked like the one he can actually fight the other guy just kind of got lucky as a shot well here's here's the thing at first i thought tim anderson stumbled and then once the clips came out, like I thought, I didn't realize he got knocked out like that. <laughs> no, I bro. thought he tripped. And nah. then I was like, holy shit, he, was, he couldn't even walk. And then once they started showing the clips on like Twitter and Instagram and everything, I'm like, oh my God, he really got stole. And he was the one that started it. Like he was the one that dropped his glove and put his hands up. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like he looked like he could fight. The other guy just like, uh, what's his name? Ramirez just swung and he just connected perfectly on his jaw. He and, and him. Yeah, he he got him, bro. Like as soon as he hit, dude, that dude dropped to the fucking to the dirt. <laughs> it looked like a boxing match, and where the guy gets absolutely dropped, he just he got hit, and you saw him go like that and fall backwards. I fuck with that energy, though. You know, I know baseball is not a game of fighting, but sometimes you just gotta duke it the fuck out, man. You know, like sometimes that is entertainment in itself, right? Because we demonize other players of fighting. Tom, but- are you talking about Tim Anderson? He plays dirty. I'm assuming he is because Tim Anderson was the one that smacked Ramirez on the ass with the glove. Yeah. And I think, honestly, I don't even know what started it. But then they were saying that he said something to Ramirez. Because on, if you just watch it from a blink, you don't. It was like a tag. He and then slipped they said through something. him and then he looked up at him and was kind of like, like, what'd you say or whatever. And then next thing you know, <laughs> Tim Anderson got put to sleep. But you know what's funny about that is like, we look at that situation. A lot of people would demonize that because baseball is not known for fighting. But yet you can fight in hockey because it's known for fighting. It's the same thing with to basketball. To me, it's the same fucking thing. Basketball, it's the same infraction. Think about it's the same exact thing. And then think about basketball. Basketball, you get in a guy's face, you got a technical foul, blah, 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 blah. They just don't do that except in hockey. I don't know, man. Malice at the palace was fucking <laughs> that was well, that that was what I feel like changed basketball forever. Yo. Because after that, they didn't play any games like Ron Artest and Steven Jackson running into the stands. It was the Pacers in Detroit. Metal Metal World Peace. Metal World Peace. It's Ron Artest. <laughs> so yo, he changed his name because he he changes the person probably after that fight. Dead ass. So Metal stupid. World Peace. I kind of so fuck with that name. That name is heat. No, it's, you know what it is? It's called I I am filthy rich. I'm bored. My career is over and I have nothing else to do. So I want to change my name. Bro, your last name is World Peace. That is fucking fire. <laughs> Meta world peace. Oh man, but uh, yeah, it's funny though. We do demonize that shit, but I, I, I except in it. hockey. To me, no, I, I, I think it's entertainment. It's entertainment purposes for me. I enjoy it, dude. If if you have a problem with somebody, you want to fight somebody, all right, you're gonna get suspended. But fuck it, it's, it's entertainment, you know? Because we pay. We I mean, J- Jake Paul gets fucking millions of dollars for fighting, right? But I know it's that it's that sport. But to me, it's like a fight's a fight. In my in my opinion. Yeah, but you know what it is? It goes back to the same thing, like the professional level of it. Like I'm putting in quotations, the professional set an example for kids. I mean, that's the whole thing now. That's why, like, that's what the NFL says about celebrating and unsportsmanlike conduct because they're not being like Troy Vincent, Mike Tomlin, the NFL Players Association. They said that that they don't like the celebrations and all that because it's not teaching kids the right way to play the game. Yet when you go and watch a little, uh, you know, Pop Warner football, they're talking more shit. They're talking shit just like people in the NFL. It's funny that you say that, right? So we teach kids these little values, but yet when a player does a domestic violence dispute, he's out for four games. Can fucking somebody explain this to me? I know. I know. <laughs> We're talking about the kids. Yeah. Well, fuck. You can't, suspended. you can't talk shit at a football game, but you can use a girl's bathroom. We, we get, that's what yeah. I'm saying. It doesn't even make any sense. It's like it's 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 completely contra- you know contradicting everything that they're trying to portray. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. It's like, not just, funny. Yeah. I mean, look, look, fighting and all that shit happens. So, like, I'm not going to make too much of a deal of it. Like, I don't want to fight every day. Well, obviously. they're grown men. They have a lot of adrenaline and and that's what they do, dude. Like, that's that's their nature. Men, men, that's what men do. Yeah, men men do get the fuck out. <laughs> that's what they yeah. do. I, I don't know how else you want me to say it. That's what we do. We have I, a lot I, of I adrenaline. Dropped, I dropped you before. Yeah, you did. all right let's pivot a little bit to the nfl because uh hard knocks just came out tuesday um i watched it did you did you watch it last night did i watch it dude i was up all night i couldn't even fucking sleep bro i feel like i had a kid i I feel like i was in your shoes i couldn't even sleep it was like two in the morning and i was like locked the fuck in i was saying jet up a little bit so you were watching watching the jets and i was getting shit on (laughs) i preferred being up at 2 a.m for you instead of me (laughs) 
Whoa. I didn't mean it like that. Pause, pause, pause. For real, for real. I'd rather be. Let's get off of that. So anyway. All right, so you just said that you're about to be jet up, so I want to hear your thoughts on that because obviously you watched it and had this similar reaction that I to uh, to what I did. I got I got two takes. Aaron Rodgers will be a coach in the NFL after he's done playing. I firmly believe that. I think he has. It seems like he kind of like found himself a little bit here. I think he kind of like. I, I just feel like he's so in tune with his teammates and he cares. And I think the media actually kind of painted him to be a bad guy. They demonized him. They did. And here's why I say that. I think hard knocks is the perfect opportunity for Aaron Rodgers to kind of like completely wipe his name clean. I think he's doing just that. I'm glad you said that because I felt the same exact way when he was telling what's his face to throw it up to Malik, Zach Wilson. Mm -hmm. He just looked like a coach there. Right. It just looked like that, like instinctually he had it. Right. But for me, I just loved it. Like, I'm seeing a whole new – and I, here's the thing. I always said, like, I made the joke, I'm an Aaron Rodgers truth teller because I used to bag on him because I used to say, like, he had a one playoff run and that was it. Well, After that, that, it's been tons of disappointment. But that still remains true. Absolutely. It's not yeah. like, okay, he's a good guy. I'm seeing a different side of Aaron Rodgers. I, yeah. I'm not going to believe just, that like, way. Anymore. i become, over the past probably two years, I've become such a fan of the person – that it's like I just laugh now when I think about it because like I love Aaron Rodgers the person. Every time like he's talking about his shit, his views, like there's times where I'm really sitting back and I'm like, damn, like I really agree with him. I understand his point of view there. And just seeing him on hard knocks, like being a leader, which I never thought he could do, like he just looks, he looks like he's at home. He's at peace with everything. I don't know if it was the the darkness retreat, the ayahuasca stuff. I have no idea. But he just looks like a changed individual. Mm -hmm. And I agree with that. And this is what really stuck out to me. I know it's a small detail, but this meant the entire world when I watched this. A defensive lineman was watching Aaron Rodgers play on the sideline as they were doing. The media is filming the guy. They're talking about Aaron Rodgers, how special he is and stuff like that. He grabs the microphone and says in the microphone, don't believe the media what they say about Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Do not believe them. So that stuck out to me. It's like, all right, this hard knocks opportunity for him is erasing the doubts about his character moving forward. And I think this could be the moment that can kind of define his career a little bit moving forward in terms of Hall of Fame status. Because everybody talks about him being a poor leader and all this shit. I, if you watch it, it looks like his teammates actually disagree with all that shit. They're like, I where know. the fuck is this coming from? It's all cap. Everybody's talking bullshit. But two takes that I have, Aaron Rodgers will be a coach one day. After he's done playing, I think he's going to be a coach somewhere. Whether it's a head coach, offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach, something, he will be involved on the sideline. Two, Zach Wilson, to me, I, I, he's not talked about enough. Because when you are the second overall pick in the draft and you have, you were the guy, you were the next anointed to be the quarterback in New York. And now you are humbled enough to take a step back and let a veteran take your place for the time being and allow you to learn and grow under Aaron Rodgers and not complain and bitch and moan and want to be traded or anything. To me, hats off, bro. I think that's the, that's amazing. I think it's the best the best thing that could have happened to Zach Wilson because he's learning from a true professional that's been doing it for 20 years. But it's underrated. It's underrated. Imagine being drafted number two overall, expecting to take over a franchise. Then two years later, they're bringing in a veteran to take your spot. And then you're sitting back and you're like, fuck it. I'm going to take this opportunity to learn because one day this could help my career longevity wise. He doesn't lack, he doesn't lack social, he doesn't lack self-awareness. Correct. He's because mature enough to understand like, okay, it wasn't working out. I could learn from one, from a top 10 quarterback of all time to ever play this game or be traded somewhere else, get an opportunity and fall flat on my face. And then I'm forever a backup or I'm out of the league. Yeah. That's that's So he's taking the humble route of saying, Hey, this is probably my best chance longevity of being in the NFL by sitting back and learning from Aaron Rodgers. I think that's amazing. I think that's not talked about enough to be honest with you. And I gut feeling, I think Rodgers and Wilson are going to be really tight. I can see it. I think after Aaron Rodgers is done playing, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to coach the Jets and he's going to coach Zach Wilson. He's going to be the uh, just a gut feel. He's going to be like he's going to start as a quarterback coach. Just a gut feel. And he's going to be with Nat Hackett. Just a yeah. 
Yeah, I love that angle. Too, Just a gut honest. feel. I think Rodgers is going to coach Wilson. Could you one imagine? Day could you imagine, dude? If remember when we were talking about Derek Carr and you said it, how the magnitude of Derek Carr were to win a championship with the Jets, that like it would it could propel him to like a Hall oh, of my Fame career. Hall of Fame. Could you imagine though if Aaron Rodgers did that? Like imagine I'm de- if if Aaron Rodgers won the Super Bowl this year after he couldn't do it for 13 years with the Packers. He comes to the Jets, takes that young team that won 7 games last year, wins a Super Bowl. Dude, he's he's a top 5 quarterback of all time instantly. Correct. He would Instant, cement he, his legacy as top 5. But here's the thing, you know what else it would do? People are going to forget all the bullshit that happened those last 13 years. Of course and they are. And he's going to go out on top remembered for what he did with the jets because new york is such is the biggest media in the world yes. you know them in he la could, he could legitimately the position he's in right now he could legitimately change the entire narrative about himself and if rogers wins this year he could point back and be like i told you guys about the packers they didn't get me enough weapons on offense they didn't do this they didn't do that i've been trying to tell them for 13 years to help me get fucking wide receivers on this team or any offensive talent in the first round and they failed to do so and now i'm with the jets i have i have garrett wilson who was a number he was a first uh first round wide receiver and now look look what i am doing i want a super bowl you guys failed to do that that's why i failed those last 13 years i tried to tell you so now after watching do that, that do you feel better about the jets or do you kind of feel the same i kind of feel like the same like because their offensive line to me is is very very sus suspect yes <laughs> and, and and you know that because when you were watching hard knocks and remember when aaron Rodgers made that beautiful throw in the in, yep. the in the corner of the end zone where he was like oh only our quarterback in the world can fucking do that that's why we'll be in every game <laughs> But if you noticed, he said, even though Aaron Rodgers would have been sacked. It was a total breakdown. It would, it, he would have been sacked. It would, the, the throw would have never happened. Well, he got on the – he was on the um, – whatchamacallit? He was being interviewed today, and he said, we're looking for more consistency. We need a top five top. about his offensive line. Absolutely. Because the interior is okay. He needs the outsides to be – is the problem. And he's not a runner. Because that's what I'm saying. So if the interior is strong, okay, you can hold the pocket. You need the You need your corners. Right. To hold still. Right. But when you're going, I mean, look, your interior can be strong, but when you're going against an Aaron Donald, he's going to deplete that interior regardless. I don't give a fuck who you have. Yeah, for sure. He's going to come in a double team. But then you got guys on the outside. You got to win those one-on-one matchups to help your quarterback stay put. I mean, he's 39 years old. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's. it's, Yeah, those hurts. Those hits are Those hits hurt. So I just feel like for me, I kind of have the same thoughts. Um, I've just been really impressed with Aaron Rodgers. Everything he's done this offseason says all the right shit, has done all the right shit, took that huge pay cut so that they have flexibility now. I love the Jets this year. I love the Jets. I know you do. You've been saying that for a little while. I I'm love like, the Jets this year. I'm yeah. off them. I, I, and another thing I, that I personally watch, and I, I watch this thing very in detail, dude. Rip the bowl, and I was like... <laughs> I was, was zoned in, in the hook, right? My eyes were popping like I was snacking on spinach, like dead ass. <laughs> I was like this, right? <laughs> right? So the one thing I did notice is that Robert Saylor's inability to make second half adjustments. Look, don't get me wrong. This is a preseason game. I'm not going to harp on anybody on preseason. Mm-hmm. But I am going to hold that moment in my back pocket for the rest of the season because I am questioning his inability to make second half adjustments against good teams. That's where I'm like very weary about this Jets team. The talent's there. Aaron Rodgers is great. He has a great attitude, and I, I, he's got great weapons. Sauce Gardner on the defensive side. Garrett Wilson. I get it. Look, I get it. But when you can't make second-half adjustments and you have a weak offensive line, that spells a recipe yeah. for disaster. To me, it does. The only thing – here's the thing. The Jets' season will be defined by their first six games. They're the hardest. If they can get out of that – if they're 4-2 and two getting out of that – they're winning that division. If they're three and three, they're in a good spot. If they're under 500 going into week seven, it's it's going to be some trouble. They're going to be in some trouble. Because you think that every game is going to matter for them in the end. Yeah, because at that point, you have to finish the season 10 and three. Mm. And you're bound to have a letdown game. Anything can happen with that. So that's just the way I feel. They're, they're, their season will be defined by those first six games. I've already said, I think they're my favorite bet of the week, week one. Jets money line against Buffalo on Monday night or Sunday night, whatever it is. See, I think a lot of people. Oh, no, I think that's Thursday. See, I think a lot. No, it's actually is it Sunday, Sunday, night? Sunday night or Monday night. One of them. Yeah. September, I know it's a night September 11th is a, I think that's a Monday. 
No, that's Sunday night. Yeah, you're right. It September is. 11th is Sunday night. You sure about that? No, it's a Monday. Monday night game. I got to put it down. It's Monday night game, yep. I know, Tom. I got to put it down. And look, I think a lot of people are going to take the Jets. Rightfully so. S September 11th, New York. Oh, shit. The, I wasn't even the thinking The whole resemblance. Yeah. I think everybody's going to be on New York. I think the fucking the Bills come out and they win by double digits. Oh, no. Nah, we're we're going to bust them up. I think the Bills come out and win by double digits. We're going to put salad on that. Yeah? Yeah, 100%. Right. 100%. Chicken Caesar. No we, tomatoes. We, we, we could do that. Parmesan. Do you know, do you know the opening line for week one? If I had a guess, I would say going by the Josh Allen Love Fest, we're going to start in week one. Bills by 17. Get the fuck out of here. That's man. probably the line. That's, the, what, that's, that's what they the do fest. for Josh Allen. No, they don't. Are you looking up the line? I am looking up the line because I'm very curious now. I would guess it's, it's actually the Bills are minus one and a half. I said six. So one and a half. Uh-huh. I like the Bills here. Yeah, you would like the Bills. I love the Bills. Where's the game at? It's in it's, New York. It's in New York. And the Bills are a one and a half point favorite. That ain't wow. that ain't far from Buffalo. Buffalo's right around the corner. It's still home field. It doesn't matter. We'll see. Jets are coming. That's all I got to say. I think the Bills are going to whoop their ass, but that's all right. I can't wait for that. But, um, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to this season. There's so many storylines this season. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. And I'm looking forward to episode two of Hard Knocks because it is a really good series, and I I, I do appreciate They're it. They're interesting. It's interesting because I'm actually getting to see a veteran quarterback who has knowledge of the game, and, you know, you don't see this guy. You don't see this side of a legend like this. And so now I'm, is, getting the, I'm actually getting the up-close-and-personal Aaron Rodgers, and I'm loving it. And it's normally you have shit teams. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Bum quarterbacks and shit like that. So. Even though the last year, the Lions was fucking heat. The, that was my favorite one to date. Me too. Because Dan Campbell crying in the huddle and shit. Dude, I, 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 I was doing push-ups in my room watching that shit, bro. <laughs> Dead ass. All right, we're going to uh, – let's break down the NFC South now. Let's do it, baby. Let's so the it. Saints are favored to win the division at 130, the Falcons at 210, the Panthers at 360, and the Buccaneers at 750. Wow, seven fifty. Jesus, who's the best value here? This is the Falcons, of course. The Falcons are the best value at two ten. I mean, look, I think they're better than the Saints. I think their schedule is better than the Saints. It's easier because they're the only team in division that's going to be, be able to play the Commanders and the Cardinals in the same year. No other team in division is playing the easiest two, the Saints, two games. The Saints' schedules, I know, shit. but so is the Falcons. The Falcons is not that hard, in my opinion. And their defense wasn't good last year, but they made some upgrades and and they got uh, they got they Jesse, Jesse Bates, Bates, Calais Campbell, um, and a couple other guys they got from the Saints in the front seven. And their new defensive coordinator was also he's coming from the Saints. So I like it. I I they they know the division well. If the Saints are the top opponent in that division, which I think they are, because I don't think Carolina and the Buccaneers are there yet. But I like their recipe. The Falcons had a top five special teams unit last year. I, I think it's going to continue again. And like I said, they have the easiest schedule in the division, in my opinion. I feel like the Saint, the Falcons went from the sleeper team to like an overwhelming favorite. Everybody is picking this Fal picking the Falcons. I would I would roll the dice here and I would take the I would take the Panthers as the best value. I don't hate that. I mean, 360 is big value. You got Frank Reich. I think Frank Reich is a good coach. I think what happened in, in Indianapolis wasn't really his fault. They didn't really give him anything to work with. Three okay. different years, three different quarterbacks, the Carson Wentz debacle, 90-year-old Phillip Rivers. Um, but I feel like the Panthers, they got Bryce Young. They added Adam Thielen, who's nothing special, but he's a veteran. He's won before. You got Miles Sanders. I, I just feel like the, the Panthers' defense didn't go anywhere. Last year, they were okay. They, they, start to, they started to catch on at the end. They got of the a year. tough, a tough first six games, though. The Panthers? Yes. They play the Falcons I'm in Atlanta. They play the Saints. They play the Seahawks in Seattle. They play the Vikings at home. Then they play in Detroit. Then they play in Miami. That's that's fucking that's a gauntlet if you ask me the first six Yeah, I, I take that back and I'm just gonna roll with the Saints to be the favorite. But that's not nah, bro. But, that's no, brutal but, for a but, fucking rookie. Listen, listen, hear me out. Then they play the Texans, then they play the Colts. Then they play the Bears. I think to me is three winnable the, games. Then it's the Cowboys. Then okay. you got Vrabel and the Titans. Then you got the Buccaneers, which is Todd Bowles. These are defensive masterminds. You have Dennis Allen twice, defensive masterminds that are that are going against a rookie. The Falcons again. Then the Packers. The Packers, I don't know about them. Then you got the Jags. It's Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence, who's who knows. Their schedule's brutal. I, that's what I'm saying. And then they end with the Buccaneers. I mean, look, I the Buccaneers to me. 
I want to root for the Buccaneers so bad because it's so bad because I'm a Baker Mayfield fan. You know what I mean? And there was a part of me, like I joked before and said, why can't the Bucs win the division? Mm-hmm. I don't think the division's that good. If Baker could be anything of what he was his first few years in Cleveland, like their team, they still have players. But at the end of the day, I watched that team struggle with Tom Brady because Todd Bowles is a terrible head coach. Their, their offense was garbage. And now you're replacing Tom. If Tom Brady couldn't do it, Baker Mayfield's not doing it. And you know, I'll fight tooth and nail for Baker. But at some point, it's like a reality. I didn't like it when he went there. I said it when I saw him sign there. I'm like, why would he do that? Because this is his probably his last opportunity to start, and he just blew it. Unless something magical happens and overnight Todd Bowles learns how to call offensive plays, but they couldn't gain three yards last year. I know. We talked about this all the time. Yep. It was sec- It was third and two, and it was then it was fourth and six. Mm-hmm. So I just – I think that I, – I like the Saints in this division. Do you, like, you think they're going to be king of the north? I or, do. I'm sorry, king of the south? I do, and they have a really – they have a really high over-under win total. I think it's due to their schedule. Okay, so now I'm going to take a page out of your playbook here. This is this is the reason why I think the Falcons are winning. Uh-huh. Dennis Allen has never won more than seven games as a head coach in Falcons a season. Stinks. I know they got Derek Carr. That's great. He's 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 going to be a world difference for them in in the locker room and stuff like that. My concern about the Saints: the long term season health. Michael Thomas has battle injuries more than anybody in the league the last five years. He sucks, right? Alvin Kamara is out for the first three games. He's also been nicked up the last couple of years as well. I question their ability to be healthy all season. And if Derek Carr couldn't make noise with Devontae Adams, the fuck's he going to do now? Right? Unless Michael Thomas is the Michael Thomas of 2019 or 2018, whenever the fuck he popped, it was it was long ago. Look, I will say this. But I, I just I I I question the 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 weapons long term for the whole season. I just I don't think that it's sustainable. No, I, I, I agree with I, you. I'd be aware of all that. But that's still a high-ass over-under. Nine and a half for the Saints? They're that's the a, favorites. That makes sense to me because they're the favorites. Because I mean, I guess, yeah. But here's the thing. Derek Carr doesn't really take deep shots. Michael Thomas isn't known for going deep. Olave is. Olave is. But I'm saying, like, from a fantasy angle, if Michael Thomas is healthy, slant boy. He's a perfect wide receiver for, for Derek Carr. Right. Because Derek Carr is like Alex Smith, that short intermediate shit. But I don't. I mean, I've said this. I said this from the moment he, that Michael Thomas hurt his ankle and was out for three years. He don't. The guy doesn't love football. Right. He stinks. Get me another wide receiver in this offense. I'll be talking a lot differently. Uh, look, here's the thing. Personally. Last year we were laughing about this because you like the Saints, and I said I don't trust Dennis Allen. I think he's horrible. They lost Sean Payton, who's an offensive guru. And now I feel that way. But and now, like I'm looking at it, and I'm like, okay. Like, I don't care who wins this division, obviously, but it's like, I feel like all, like, I feel like all three teams with the exception of the Bucks, and there's a part of me that thinks like the Bucks have like a small chance because they're, t- they're still, they still have a talented roster. Well, if you're going to go by the best value, I mean, at 750, you just sprinkle some shit on that and maybe you hope for a prayer, but Bro, they're, but they're you fucking... saw them last year, dude. dude. And then you're replacing Tom Brady with Baker Mayfield. Like, that's just, that's just not good. I went off schedule in this division because this division to me is a toss up. And I, I just think the Falcons are a lot more talented. I like what they I like. I like what they have on offense. The and only, I like their defenses that they, they made upgrades on defense. And I can't argue with that. And they have a top five special teams unit. And that matters. All three phases matter in the end. I'm going to say this. If Desmond Ritter can be average, the Falcons win this division. Who did you compare him to one time? Ritter? I said he was similar to Marcus Mariota's style. Except he's younger, and I mean, who knows? I mean, Marcus Mariota, Marcus Mariota was a starter in Tennessee, what, ten years ago, and then he was a backup. That is the biggest question mark for the Falcons. It is Desmond Ritter, and I, I, I but that's what I'm saying. Can Desmond Ritter be average? If Desmond Ritter's average, like I understand everybody picking the Falcons. They have a three-headed monster in their backfield. Drake London's all right. Kyle Pitts is all right. They they upgraded the defense. Why can't they? That, I mean, they should win that division going by that. I look at it like this, though. I mean, they must see something in Desmond Ritter where they, they feel comfortable enough because they had every opportunity to go out and go get a Derek Carr or something well, like I that. Think like, they could have had a veteran I guy. think what they see is cheap. And they have a strong – and I feel like they have a strong enough team around them where, you know, can he can he be average? And maybe they do see that. They're like, you know what? He can do this. Well, who's who's a big uh, – I mean, they have pieces on the offensive line that have a lot of money and tied up and salary yeah. cap. But outside of that, who 
who do they have? Bijan Robinson's on a no rookie one. deal. Kyle Pitts is on a rookie deal. Cordaro Drake Patterson London's on a rookie deal. Cordell Patterson was cheap. Je uh, Jesse Bates got paid. Yeah, but they needed to bolster up the defense, yeah. and that's okay. Like that, that that's, that's smart. That's an area of concern and need. So, and it is, in a passing league, you need defenders back there because otherwise you're gonna get fucking smoked. Yeah. And then now you're gonna have now now if your if your back end of your, of your defense gets smoked per game and you're giving up three four hundred yards through the air, now you got to expect your your young quarterback to go toe to toe with that and week in week out and realistically that ain't gonna happen yo here's the thing honestly after going over what we just talked about i don't know what i was on thinking about the saints i'm going with the falcons too because here's the thing i'm not i'm not overthinking it i'm overthinking it right now it's i can't theory, stand there i can't stand Derek. uh dennis yeah, say allen it, say it. i want you to say it in the camera it's what? theories baby. it's theories baby <laughs> so i feel like i don't like dennis allen so did you get that <laughs> i think so run it back it's theories baby what say it uh, it's theories baby so anyway, can I get my point across, please? So here's the thing. I don't like Dennis Allen. I don't think Derek Carr, when you have a mid-level quarterback and he switches teams, I don't think all of a sudden he's going to turn it on. So why not bet on the young bucks that have a way more talented roster than the Saints? Mm -hmm. I, so totally I, actually, agree. I actually agree with that. And I'm done getting scared of everybody talking about the Saints. There's a reason everybody's talking about. <laughs> you told me about Falcons. Dennis Allen, bro. Yeah. And I looked up his stats. He never won more than seven games. He's horrible. And I now you added another game. It's yeah. like, bro, like he's going to lose a game. So yeah. it's like, and here's the thing too. I feel like there's a lot of pressure on Derek Carr. I think there's a lot of pressure on the Saints in general. Yeah, as an organization, because they are the favorites to win after getting a brand new quarterback. That's a lot of pressure. And that ain't Tom Brady walking and, through the door. Brady Mike, can handle the pressure when he went to the Bucks. And Michael Thomas is coming back now, which I think is only adding pressure because it's going to be like, okay, what happens if if Derek Carr isn't performing and Michael Thomas isn't getting the ball? Is he gonna, is, he gonna, is his ankle going to hurt again? Right. Because you know damn well the last year he sat out because they didn't have a quarterback. Yeah, he was capped. And he got paid. Yeah. It was capped, so he dipping. Yeah. <laughs> I do like Olave. I think Olave is going to have a big year. I really like him. Olave is very good. Yeah, I, I, I think he's the guy that's going to shine, truthfully. But other than that, I mean, look, they the, the Saints, to me, they, they need another, another wide receiver because, like I said, I don't trust Michael Thomas long-term in the whole season. I just, based on the history of what we saw the last couple of years, we don't have much proof of that. So if you could pair Olave with another dynamic wide receiver and you get Kamara back, possibly sign Kareem Hunt, like we talked about last episode, yeah. now you got something. And now I'm looking at it like, okay, now I think the Saints could win this division, but they have to they have to get that other wide receiver for me to, to for me to feel comfortable picking them. This should be a fun division to watch because I think all the teams are going to be are going to have similar records with the exception of the Bucks. Right. And if the Bucks by some miracle are in it. You know, you know what I mean? Then yeah. it just makes it all the more interesting. So, um, Saints, over, yeah, okay, you're doing an over-under? Yeah, so over-under two and a half teams to make the playoffs. I, I have uh, under. I got one team, obviously, the division winner. Me too, and that's the Falcons. Yeah, over-under nine and a half wins for the Saints. Under. I have under. I have them at, uh, I actually, yeah, I have, them, I have them under. They're nine and eight for me. I would probably say eight and nine. I'm going to say eight and nine or seven and ten. Yep. Falcons over eight and a half. Over. I have them over. I got them nine and eight. I have the Saints and Falcons with the same record, but I had the Falcons beating them twice to beat to win division. That's that was my projection. Panthers over under seven and a half. This was tough. Gonna, I'll say under, but I think they're going to be right near that seven mark because that for a rookie quarterback, that's a high that's a high number. I got seven and ten. I got them going under, just under by half a game. Buccaneers over under six and a half. This is bullshit. Go ahead. This is your guy. I'm saying over. Okay. I'm, I'm going to put him right at seven. The bake show? I'm going to put the bake show so he can give me seven. Pause. Oh. My bad, my bad. And that's not the title either, Phil. <laughs> he can give me seven. It's crazy. That's the title. Write that down. That's I, perfect. I got them under. I got them six and 11, and I think that's kind of being generous. Honestly, be honest bro, you I, will, I, would be, I would be shocked if Baker Mayfield starts 10 games. And if they win five, I think, yeah, because that, that's truly how I feel. I'm just saying over like having a joke here because obviously I root for Baker Mayfield. Can I, can I, I rattle really off their schedule for you? Just it's to, not, I saw it. It's not easy. It's a fucking gauntlet. It's hard. They play in Minnesota. They play the bears. They play the Eagles. They play the saints, the lions, the Falcons, the bills, <laughs> the Texans, the Titans, the Niners, the Colts, 
the Panthers, the Falcons, the Packers, the Jags, the Saints, and the Panthers. They have one. I, I don't, they have one guaranteed win, I would say. And I would give them the Texans. And here's the thing. I think the Texans <laughs> are going to be better than. Michael I think they're me, me too. Me like, too. Looking at that. When I looked at that schedule, when I, I'm dead serious when I say this. The Buccaneers have a chance to be the worst team in the league and get Caleb Williams next year. I think that's what they need to do. Sure. Sure. I think it's going to be between them and the Cardinals. I think they are going to be terrible. They like I said, the only reason I said over bro. was because I'm rooting for Baker, whatever. But I, they, their schedule is so hard. That's because they won the division last year. So they get the hardest one. Yeah. I, I just, I feel so bad for Baker Mayfield, dude, because his. This is his I, last year starting, and it's not going to be pretty. I know. I know it's a shame, too, if we're going to talk about Baker, man. I think this is actually a really bad spot for him. It's 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 terrible. It's, it's career suicide. That's how I'm looking at it. Unless he has a miracle year, and he's fucking putting up 300 yards a week, and he's Baker that we've never seen before, utilizing weapons like Chris Godwin, I actually, Russell Gage, Mike Evans, Kate Otten, Rashad White. If he could utilize those weapons, because they are pretty good. I actually think Chris Godwin and Rashad White could be worthy fantasy players. Yep. Chris Godwin in the slot, if Baker's got to get the ball out quick, now their offensive line is still okay. Mm -hmm. But if he's got to get the ball out quick, Godwin's that guy. Mm -hmm. Rashad White out of the backfield. If they're dumping off, or if they're, or if Kyle Trask is coming in, or Baker Mayfield struggling, or if they bring in Wentz, I'm just capping. But I'm just saying, if they have those two guys, Rashad White could be a viable option in fantasy. I think I, he was excellent last year for me. That's I what I'm saying. Good. So it's like, and they don't really. Who's his backup? Um, Do you even know off the top of your head? What's his name? Vaughn Keyshawn Vaughn or something? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I remember so. him last year. Yeah. Uh, actually, let me pull it up right now. I have it. I have it up here. I think it is Keyshawn. It is uh, Chase Edmonds and Keyshawn Vaughn. They signed Chase Evans? Yeah, they did. But uh, I'm not really worried about that. I think this is this is Rashad White's job. Oh, 100%. Period. 100%. Period. He took it from Lenny last year. Yeah. So that's just where I am with them. I think they're going to be in trouble. Um, more power to Baker, though, if he could figure out something in there. But mm -hmm. after seeing last year and what that offense did, no shot. Yeah, I totally agree with you, dude. I, 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 don't, I don't see a way that... If know, that team wins eight, nine games like they did last year, and Baker's doing that. He's gonna get. He's gonna get a deal next year. I'll say their offensive line is gonna be a lot better though, because they're gonna get back their players that yeah, were hurt last hurt. year. Yeah, like they're gonna have uh, Luke um, Gedeke. They're gonna have they they drafted that kid uh, Cody Mauch, and they're gonna have what's his name back Ryan Jensen. So yeah, I think I think this this offensive line is gonna be a lot better and improved. But again, it's just. I, I it's hard to trust Baker Mayfield at, just, at this stage, and especially with the with the schedule, it, it doesn't it doesn't. I don't think it's going to go well for him personally. No. There, because there's all the games. There's no layups in mm -hmm. there, right? Like I said, what if the Texans are a little bit better than people anticipate? I'm one of those people that think the Texans are not going to be trash. Exactly right. So I totally agree with you, dude. Who's your uh, Who's your favorite fantasy player in this division? It's my guy, Rashad White. We're going to go back to that again. He was excellent last year, dude. Like I'm, I'm talking about down the stretch of of, of the season. He played a really big role. He received really well. He re he rushed really well. There's, he's the guy. Like, I, if I look at their depth chart, I am comfortable taking Rashad White because I know behind them, there's no threat. So I, I'd rather just, I'd rather take that guy. I know he's going to get the bulk of the carries. Uh, Leonard Fournette last year, when he was starting, he he was getting 20 plus carries a game. So I think the Bucs are going to be running the football a lot this year, especially with Baker at quarterback. I think Rashad White's got a got really high upside. You know who my favorite is? Miles Sanders. Mm. I think Miles Sanders is going to have a fucking awesome year in fantasy, dude. Deuce Staley is there as the running back coach. The last time he was with Deuce Staley, he had 50 catches that season. I'm really, I really am intrigued by Miles Sanders for fantasy this year. I think he's the wow. clear cut running back one. I think he's going to help Bryce Young back there. I think, and I, because I think he's going to be coming out of the backfield catching passes. Deuce Staley, that's a, that's a, that's a really good, uh, synopsis right there look what deuce staley did with the with the boys in detroit last year look look what he did with miles sanders and boys. boys and eagles yeah. deuce staley's a hell of a running back coach and i think deuce staley should be next up to be an offensive coordinator i actually want to do staley before nick sirianni mm. now it looks like nick sirianni that's why jeff lurie is the owner and they made a good choice but i was rooting for deuce yeah me too. So I, but I am really intrigued by uh, Miles Sanders this year in fantasy. I think he's going to be. I, I think he can be an RB one this year. I like him a lot. Totally agree with you. Season. I totally agree. Um, let's talk about this. So we got a question from one of our our uh, our listeners, and Richie. Shout out Richie, and he had a question for us, and he said, um, he's in a keeper league for fantasy. 
He said he's in a 12-man PPR league. My keeper is Pacheco in the 11th round. I have the first overall pick. Do I take CMC and lock in my running backs for, or take Jay Jettas? I'm torn. So what would you do? He has the first overall pick. He's got Pacheco. He wants to keep Pacheco in the 11th. Hey, Phil, can you pull up his the rest of his roster real quick for me? It's in Slack. It's in it's in your uh, your messages. Yeah, pull it up. Did it go through? No, I got shit. I'm about to pull. For real? Up. You don't got it? Uh, from you, I got nothing. Really? You have got to be better. Yeah, I do got to be better. This but anyway, crazy. let me. Um, hold on. Give me give me a brief moment here, because I don't know why I didn't go through. Um. Anyway, but yeah, he wants to keep Pacheco in the 11th, and his roster. So he, and he got Justin Fields in the twelfth round, right? Yeah, or thirteenth round. And you keep him, and you lose the round before. So Hold on, I'm going to go back to this. Hold on, I'm going to. I want. I want Philly Phil to pull it up because it's really hard to follow right here. I want. I want the listeners to to kind of follow what. So I'm, the thing is, saying. though, if you keep somebody from the twelfth round, you lose your eleventh round pick. You right. Lose the round before it. Yes. Yes. You move up a round if you yeah. keep the guy. So Philly Phil, I just sent it to you. Yeah. All right. So everybody, look at the screen now. If you're still tuned in, which which, which we appreciate, we love you guys for that. Um. So pull it up. Yeah, I got it. All right. So looking at this roster here, I think to me, Justin Fields would be the keeper. You, so you sent me this, and I was just looking at it. At first, I'm like, oh, Michael Gallup in the fifteenth. I love that pick too because I think Michael Gallup's going to have a good year this year. Then I saw it and I'm looking and I'm like, I like look. I understand Isaiah Pacheco being kept down there. That's a that would be a good keeper. Yeah. But I feel like Isaiah Pacheco's ceiling is a high end RB two, at best. Well, the Chiefs they 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 the mix Chiefs and pass. match. Yeah, they Correct. don't they don't have a, a they, workhorse. They re-signed uh, what's his face? Um, who's the other running back? Uh, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but that doesn't matter. They're a pass first team. And then when I saw it, I'm like, Justin Fields in the 13th to take Ju Justin Fields could be the QB one overall. Correct. Justin Fields' ceiling is insane. And to and to get Justin Fields. McKinnon. That's McK Jarek McKinnon. And to keep get Justin Fields in the 13th, you lose your 12th round pick. And you have the first overall pick to get Eckler, CMC, or uh, Justin Jefferson. I mean, if you have Justin Fields and Justin Jefferson... You got 60 points a week. And PPR that is. This is PPR that's, too. That's a, you have 60 points a week potentially off the bat between two players. I'm, I'm like gonna, I would pick Justin Fields and I wouldn't even think twice. That's not even like that's that's easy to me. That's all day long. Justin Fields in the 12th round. Justin Fields, I can't even imagine what he's gonna go for in a snake draft. So you would take Justin Jefferson over CMC, number one overall pick? I lean towards the running back. No, I said Justin personally. Jefferson, Eckler, or CMC. Okay, yeah, those Eckler. Are the three, those are the three I think should be, like, everybody should be looking at. But I think Richie said CMC. So it was either he's already made up his mind, CMC, But I think Eckler, or, I think Eckler, I was just saying Eckler because he should be in that conversation. Oh, absolutely, especially with Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator. That's what I'm like, I think, about. I think it's bombs away here. I, I think Austin Eckler is going to get, he's going to have the same amount of uh, touches. Is Tony Pollard, maybe more. Is, who's more talented, Tony Pollard or Austin Eckler? Austin Eckler and Austin Eckler's been a starter. He's handled a full season's workload before. You saw what Kellen Moore did to Tony Pollard last year. He's going to put him in the right spot. Watch what Kellen Moore. Watch what Kellen Moore does with Tony Pollard with Austin Eckler this year. But I don't hate to see him see number one overall. I, no, he's going to because CMC to me like the running back position is so thin that like okay yeah you take the best wide receiver off the boards PPR Justin Jefferson's going to get he's going to get you twenty a week right but my thing is if I look at the the long if I look at the long list of wide receivers I can go get a, a really good wide receiver in the third and fourth round you can get and I can run the second so if I was Richie I probably would keep Fields I have my quarterback I don't have to reach high to get get a quarterback or waste a mid round pick for a quarterback I get it in the back end of the draft especially a guy like Justin Fields with his ceiling and running ability. To me, it's a no-brainer. I'm taking him and for my 12th pick. Now, number one overall pick, I'm going running back. Number two, I'm going running back. Number three, I'm going wide receiver or tight end or whatever you want to do. Because to me, wide receivers, there's a plethora of them. And I think you can get some really good value in the five to seven round. And the same, and the same thing always applies. You can. It's so much easier to find a steal at wide receiver 
on your waiver wire pickups, somebody pops. Absolutely. All that happens. That rarely happens with a running back. Absolutely. I, I feel like running backs don't come out of left field as much as wide receivers do. And I'm totally agree with you. And, and I can rattle off some names that are in the 15 to 20 range at wide receiver. And 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 they, and they go by the name of Let's see. Look, I'm going to go off. I could say one right off the top of my head. I had him last year as your guy, Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson had 147 targets. That's all you need. But here's the thing. He didn't score any touchdowns, which killed him. But do you know how rare that is? Do you think he's going to do that again? That's, That's my saying. point. It's, do you know how rare that is to have 147 targets between Mitchell Trubisky and a rookie and not score a touchdown? That's just unheard of. That's like, that's fluky shit. Right. Deontay Johnson is Deontay Johnson. You can get late in your draft and you will be just fine with him. I'm telling you, I why he gave me 10, 12 points a week last week. And if he could have just scored some touchdowns for me, I would have been, I, I probably wouldn't have come back to back last. Right. <laughs> to be honest, I'm serious. And and, 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 and like, let's go back to that too. Like, right. Like you have the first overall pick. Say you take, say you take CMC. I'm not mad at you. If you go get a wide receiver in the second round, I'm not personally. But me, I probably would go back-to-back -back running backs because of the plethora of wide receivers. I mean, if I can go down to the middle pack of the wide receivers, talking about Keenan Allen, Christian Watson, Terry McLaurin, Jerry Judy, Calvin Ridley. Like, these are pretty good names. I think Drake London is a pretty good wide receiver, too, personally. I think Drake London is a pretty good player, and I think he's only going to get better. You got Mike Williams, Christian Kirk, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Deontay Johnson, like these are other players that are dropping on the boards that you can go get in the in the five to seven round range, and you can kind of formulate your team if you take the two running backs early and you already got your quarterback. Also, if you wanted to take a tight end in round three and wait to get the wide receiver in round four to seven, you can still do that. you could still do that. Like you can get a really viable option at tight end. You'll have your running backs. Those tight end and running backs are the thinnest positions yes. outside of quarterback. But quarterback, you're going to have in the twelfth round. To me, I, you, I, like, I, I I'm saying, going that way. And that's what I was saying about the, the ceiling of Justin Fields is legitimately the number one QB, QB1 overall. Right, because if you keep Pacheco, now you're like, okay, you're factoring him as a RB2. But you probably have to get Justin Fields in the fourth or fifth. That's, I think Justin Fields is going to go high in a snake draft. I, I I think he would probably go the seventh round, maybe. Well, no way. Maybe, Justin Fields? Maybe. Maybe I don't think so. I think he's one of the first quarterbacks taken off the board. It depends on how on how high you prioritize quarterbacks. And when it's a snake draft, I think it's a lot different than auction. I don't know because the auction you don't know when when the players getting called. That's true, but you think Justin Fields is going to slide that low? I just don't see that because I think Justin Fields. Everybody saw what he did in that stint last year, and I just think people are going to people are going to be getting off to that. Maybe I really do. I think Justin Fields is going in the fourth or fifth. Now, look, I'm I'm we do auctions, so it's very different. I'm not as familiar anymore with snake drafts. Yeah, because I don't really care about them because, you know, our league is a it's it's tough. Different. It's it is different. Our it is very it's different. a lot different, and you have to think on your feet in in a split second. But if 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 Fritchie got CMC with the number one overall pick, he came back around and say he got like a Josh Jacobs or a Ramondre Stevenson type of runner. That's perfectly like, I, fine. To bro. me, that's a that's a that's a home you run. Put those, if you put CMC with either of those two and you got your two, running backs all set. And you have Justin Fields, I mean you could legitimately have 85 points between three players every week. Right. Because now if he kept Pacheco, he runs the risk of A, not getting his quarterback that he actually wants. Yep. Two, which he might not want Fields. That's why he's not he's not keeping him. But me personally, I think the ceiling is is too high to to let him go. And also, if you say like, okay, I'm going to wait, I'm going to take Fields in the fifth. Somebody jumps in in the fourth and takes him and, and takes they reach. Him. Yeah, then you're in trouble. Right, because now you're left with Pacheco, and it's like, all right, well, I can, I still have, he still has a number one pick, so he can go CMC or Jay Jettas along with Pacheco. But to me, I'd rather have Fields, CMC, and then possibly another running back or a wide receiver one in, in round two. Like to me, if he gets the running back in the, the first round pick, he has flexibility from round two to round 11 to do whatever he wants with his roster because there's a lot of value at the tight end position and wide receiver position. And you know what? I think there's some value at the running back position later in the rounds too. And also you can, it's easier to replace Pacheco than it would be Fields. Yeah, ceiling wise, it's a lot easier to replace Pacheco because Pacheco, like I said, Pacheco doesn't have top five or top 10 running back overall potential. Like I'd rather have Rashad White and CMC and Justin Fields over Pacheco, an unknown quarterback that I have to draft and that's not guaranteed and CMC. Like to me, Rashad White's better than Pacheco. Yeah. And if I can get him 
in the later rounds if I wanted to. I and, want rounds. And me too, right? <laughs> and, but he has so much flexibility. Like to me, I, I think it's a slam dunk, Rich. I think you should take Justin Fields. I think, I think I think that would be the smart play to maximize your roster in terms of maximizing your points per week because his ceiling is so high. And when you get the number one overall pick in CMC, yeah, I mean, look, he, you know, you worry about his injuries and stuff like that. But to me, you got flexibility at that position. For sure. And, and I just think wide receiver at number one is a little too high. But it's PPR. It's probably full point PPR and one point per catch. And they lost Thielen and uh, Jordan Addison likes to do 190. Yeah. And get those ridiculous tickets at three in the morning. So maybe Justin Jefferson is going to get 15 targets. I'm not mad at either or, but I, I like to lean towards the running back. Always. That's always been my style. So, like, that's the advice I would give him. I hope you enjoyed that. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed it, man. I hope it helped. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, last thing before we get out of here, under center, Derek Carr edition. Uh, Derek Carr or Justin Fields? I got Derek Carr. So yeah, we, we did a we, we did some polls earlier on on our on our uh, Instagram. If you guys haven't followed us on Instagram, you better do so right now. It's psychotic and iconic. Mm -hmm. The fuck are we waiting for? But hold on, I'm trying to go back. That you would take Derek Carr over Justin Fields? Yeah, you want me to say it again? I'll take Derek Carr over Justin Fields. You want to know nah, why? I want you to put the bowl down. Well, you want to know why? Huh? I think Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is a better quarterback. At 61 and 78 as what a, a starter. Okay, what's Justin Fields done? He could run. So, I'll, but I'll take the younger, more athletic guy over the proven mid. What's the, I mean? All right, we're we're talking about proven mid, but he, we we forget what he did two years ago with the Raiders and took him to the playoffs. Hey, he caught lightning in a bottle. That's all you need. That is, but I'm going with Justin Fields' upside talent over Derek Carr. Derek Carr over Justin Fields? You don't even have Derek Carr winning that winning that division. Do you want me to say it again? I have, I have fucking Fields. I have Fields last, bro. That's a harder division. The, What's uh, the NFC South or the NFC North? And don't cat. It's the NFC. Or I'm dipping. It's it's the NFC North. Yeah, I, definitely, I appreciate it's definitely, it. I mean, come on. Like we're we're comparing apples to oranges here. But no, we're like, not. No, we're not. No, we're not. And not at all. We're not comparing fruit. Fan. If you put fucking Derek Carr on the Bears, I think I, I, they would be a little bit better. You're out of your fucking mind. Oh my god. You think Derek? You think Justin Fields is better than Derek Carr? Like yes. for real? Yes. Is he a better passer? They're similar. Sarah Corey and all that is a passer now. What are this, we talking about? This is fucking absolutely insane. You that that Derek Carr, bro. Like he 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 could pass the football. He's yeah, a good he's, he's a, a good thrower of the football. He's all right. He just makes poor decisions at times when you need him best. And that's okay. But I'd rather take the proven commodity that it could fucking throw the ball over somebody who misses a guy wide open five feet away and oversales him by twenty by twenty yards. But I have 130 games of evidence that Derek Carr is Derek Carr, a mid dude. And he got paid by the Saints, so how mid is he? He got the bank. They were desperate, dude. They're they're, who was their quarterback last year? Andy Dalton? Okay. I mean, obviously, Derek Carr's an upgrade over Andy Dalton, but if, you, if, you, you would, if you're playing right now, you would take Derek Carr over Justin Fields? That's, I'll say that's, it again. I'll say it again. Just, yeah, I'll, I'll take, I'm taking time. Derek Carr over Justin and Fields. for the fourth time, you're unbelievable. But the audience, But the audience on our Instagram polls, they actually agree with you. 67% Justin Fields, 33% Derek Carr. Well, I'm glad to see that our, that our, um, our followers aren't smoking wet. That's all right, though. Listen to theories. It's theories, baby. <laughs> that's theories. Derek baby. Carr over Justin Fields is wild to me. Yeah, I'll say it again. Just wild, fam. You want me to say it again? Mm -hmm. Derek Carr over no, Justin I Fields. No, I don't. No, Thank I you. don't. Because I want to. I want this to die down. <laughs> Derek Carr or Kenny Pickett? I got Derek Carr again. I'm taking Kenny Pickett. Mm. I love Kenny Pickett's upside, but we talked about that. I think the. I think they're going to be uh, the Steelers are a playoff team this year. They're my sleeper team. Um, I'm a big fan of Kenny Pickett, bro. Fifty-seven percent Derek Carr, forty-three percent Kenny Pickett. Interesting. I like how you're going off of this. This yeah, is this cool. is this is great. Derek Carr or Tua? I took Derek Carr. And the only reason why I took Derek Carr was because I am fucking scared of Tua's injuries. And that is the only reason why. Otherwise, I think Tua has a way better upside in the next couple of years. I'm I'm going with Tua. But I understand your logic. That was the only reason why I did it. And here's the thing: it scares me too, but like Tua is on like on the verge of becoming like one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league. I agree with that. Look at that dude's record. Look at the stats he was putting up last year. Tua had the Dolphins humming. I just unfortunately the guy got concussed. I know. He I just know. needs to learn the fall. That was the only reason he, why I did that. He just falls like a toddler. Like yeah. he don't brace himself. He just falls and lets his head smack the ground. Yep. So, but I would take Tua on that. So would the audience. The audience took sixty-two percent Tua, thirty-eight percent Derek Carr. All right, Derek Carr or Jordan Love. 
it's got to be Derek Carr. I don't know much about Jordan Love yet. I don't think the world does. So I'm going Derek Carr. I'm going Derek Carr too. Um, I just feel like if there was, if Jordan Love was anything, I feel like you would hear more. I think he would he would have a lot more buzz around. I just I feel like it's like it's it's like radio silent. And I think there's a reason behind that. I don't think they're keeping that in the tuck for no reason. You think you think they're they're like low key like fuck. Yeah, I think, I think because they could have bolstered their team when Aaron Rodgers was about to have an MVP season, yep. and I think that they 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 bit the head and they fed them, and it's about to catch up to them really bad. Like I said, the only thing with the Packers that has me totally confused is that line. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, the audience agrees with us. 79% Derek Carr, 21% Jordan Love. Derek Carr or Geno Smith? I took Derek Carr because to me, Geno Smith was a one-year dude. And I have, I mean, that was it for me. I He had one great year last year. And I, I, tip, my, I tip my hat off. But I, I, if I go to body of work, I'm going to take Derek Carr. I'm the same way. I'm taking Derek Carr. Um, if Geno Smith follows up this year with a year similar to that, oh, then I'll switch my answer. It, I'll switch, but right Next now, year will be I don't know if Geno Smith was just a one and done. That's I what I'm concerned about. Don't know that. That's what I'm concerned about. However, I hope he's not because I think, like I said, I think it's an awesome story. He got paid. They have a good team. I'm I'm rooting for Geno Smith. The audience are just Geno Smith just edged out Derek Carr. Fifty one percent Geno Smith. It's a toss. Forty nine percent Derek Carr. So yeah, they kind of agree with us. It's a total toss up on yep. that. Um, Derek Carr, or Kyler Murray. <laughs> the fuck out of here. You already know my answer. DC baby. I'm taking Derek Carr too because Kyler Murray stinks. He's always stunk. I've been saying it since he's a rookie. He's the most overrated quarterback in the league. I never understood how motherfuckers were saying he's a top 10 quarterback. The guy was seven and oh, lost his division and then got embarrassed and had a wide receiver have more passing yards than him in the third quarter of a playoff game. And he's not going to grow any taller. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and now he tore his ACL. And he lost, he lost his what made him different. He's never gonna run like that again. He's got Jonathan Gaddon, who stinks. You saw what Jonathan, what pew, happened to Jonathan pew, Gaddon. Pew, pew, so you're fucking weirdo. <laughs> and I'll say this too. If the if the Cardinals are the worst team in the league, Kyler Murray's getting traded and they're taking Caleb Williams. Ooh. Guaranteed. Ooh, they're moving off. Kyler I like Murray. that. Derek Carr, 57%. Kyler Murray, 43%. I'm glad to see America has caught up with me after two years of me trying to drill it in people's heads. That Kyler but it was Murray's closer. Part. It was closer than I thought it was going to be, to be honest with you. People got to get off the Kyler train. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. Um, Derek Carr or Daniel Jones? I went Derek Carr here. I, I, I hate Daniel Jones. I'm taking Derek Carr. I'm not taking a guy that throws for 15 touchdowns. In I'm season. the same way. I, Daniel he, Jones He's got what wheels. He yeah, I appreciate his wheels though. That's fine, but the tires might be a little flat. Oh, all right, all he right. Needs to put some air. Derek Carr has wheels too, but he has a little bit more air in him. <laughs> He's a car. Yeah. <laughs> all right. The audience agree with us: sixty percent Derek Carr, forty percent Daniel Jones. Derek Carr or Jared Goff? I want Jared Goff. Me too. Jared Goff is. I think he's the most underrated quarterback in the league, personally. Been to a Super Bowl. Nobody talks about his Super Bowl appearance. Nobody talks about his success last year and turning around the, the you know the Lions franchise in a quick span like that. You know, because not for nothing, he was left to die in Detroit, and he turned that shit around. I I tip my cat. I'm gonna go Jared Goff. You said everything I was gonna say. Yeah, but it's it's Jared Goff. But the audience disagrees with us. They got fifty four percent Derek Carr and forty six percent Jared. That's Goff. That's what I'm saying. People still don't believe in him. But Jared Goff is an accomplished quarterback in this league. You'll see. And look what he did last year, dude. You'll see. Not for nothing, but he had just as good a year as Matt Stafford ever had in Detroit. And Matt Stafford was playing with Calvin Johnson. Well, he was more successful. So, well, and well, almost. Well, he had Stafford. One, he Stafford had did playoff. go to playoff. Yeah, he had one playoff. Season. But. Jared Goff's been there for I what, saw something 20, on uh, two years. Yeah, I saw something on Twitter today, and it was like John F. Kennedy has only missed one Lions playoff victory. I saw that. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> Say this again. John F. Kennedy has only missed one Lions playoff victory. He was killed in 1968. Wow. <laughs> Yo, that is a crazy thing. <laughs> That's why I'm rooting for the Lions this year, dude. Me too, man. They're biting off decaps week one too. For sure. Derek Carr, or Russell Wilson. Derek Carr, dog. I don't care. I'm DC. mad you said that. I don't care. Derek Carr. I, I'll take Derek Carr over him. I'm taking Derek Carr because I think Russell Wilson's washed up. Yeah, we went too. over it. At best, he's a top nine quarterback in the AFC. I think it's over for Russell Wilson. I don't think he wants to run anymore. And I don't think that that Russell, the last two years, 
for Russell Wilson have been trash. And I don't think Russell Wilson from the glory days in Seattle is coming back. And I don't give a fuck. Sean Payton isn't fixing what, what Russell Wilson doesn't want to fix. I agree. I think Sean Payton's going to help him this year, but I still think Derek Carr is a better overall quarterback. Like I'd rather have him under center right now than Russell Wilson. If you put Derek Carr on the Broncos, I firmly believe they're a better team because I think Derek, I think Derek Carr is humble enough to listen to Sean Payton and learn as to where Russell Wilson, I feel like already won a Super Bowl. He's accomplished. He's a celebrity now because of Sierra. And I don't think that Russell Wilson is made of the right shit anymore. Well, he got rid of his office in the second floor. No, he didn't get rid of it. He got it taken from him. Good. That's that's how it should be. So maybe he does change this year. But th this could this we'll could see. change for me by next year, though. I will say that because even though I think Russell Wilson is washed, and I said that the last couple of years, I still think that Sean Payton being there is going to be really, really beneficial for him. His we'll career see, because, bro. They, because Drew Brees was on the downside, and they were still successful. They were, but they had Alvin Kamara. They had Mark Ingram. They had Michael Thomas. But they got Javante Williams. They got Cortland Sutton. They got Jerry Judy. They got Greg Dulcich. I like him. By the way, they have weapons. I'm not going to. They do, them. but Javante Williams is coming off an ACL. Jerry Judy, he gets hurt. Everybody's been. Everybody talks about Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy, he hasn't popped yet. And Special every talent. Every year though. they're talking about he's going to pop. Special talent though, because I think he has the burners to to really. He does. He's just got to put it all together, and it's like, yo, it's been three years, bro. right? What's but you got to respect his speed, and you got Cortland Sutton. But anyway, the the audience actually. Uh, agrees with us just just by the by the by a thin of hair, dude. Fifty two percent Derek Carr and forty eight percent Russell Wilson. They agreed with us by Caesar. Yep. <laughs> so I <laughs> love you, Caesar. Caesar. Derek Carr or Brock Purdy? I went Derek Carr here. If, um, any, if that poll says Brock Purdy over Derek Carr, I'm I'm gonna snap. Well, you well, it's it's not that close. I don't think it's two. It's two. It's two to one. Who? So Derek Carr is 67%, Brock right. Purdy's 33%. Okay. So yeah, I think they agree with us. But hey, if Brock Purdy has another year like that, we'll revisit this next year too as well. Of course, but I don't know about Brock Purdy because can he create that, recreate that again? I don't know. You know what's I funny? Know. You know what's the funny about this? to me are an enigma. This, this segment is so fucking funny. I took Derek Carr out of everybody except for Jared Goff, and I didn't even pick him to win the division. But I still respect his talent as a thrower of the football. I think he still has the goods when it comes to that. It's just he was very he was he was he was with the Raiders last year. They they fell flat in their face. He got benched. It was just a bad year for him. I think he could bounce back. Derek, but Carr, I don't Derek know how much. A, he's not perishable. You don't think so? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think we're sleeping on him. All right, guys. That concludes episode 167. Thank you to everybody that was tuned in. We'll see you guys on Tuesday. Theories, take it away. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. We appreciated all the love, support, and the comments. If you guys haven't done so already, please don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell on YouTube. We are also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeart, Megaphone, Stitcher, and all that other shit. Jesus Christ. Get it together, I was bro. reading the com on, I was man. reading the comments. What the fuck are we doing here? Suck my balls. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, if you guys also, please go follow us on all of our social platforms as you guys do not want to miss our daily content as we are dropping on your fucking head tops daily now. So check us out on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And we will see you guys next Tuesday at PI, baby. Enjoy your weekend. I'm caps lock different. It's facts, not fiction. Said I black out for real, then the track gone missing. If it's cap, I'm dipping. We ain't talking about a move, then it's flatline finished. When I spaz, I'm grinning. Pull a peel off in the Sadies, and I pass by spinning. It's perks with the slate, but I don't have my skinnage. Took a quick trip, and now I'm back home winning. And I see they eyes pop like I snack on spinach. Pull up to the spot, she try and grab my digits. I'm already eight shots, a Henny past my limit. Here you go. Hazards with a dash full of tickets. I'ma act like I don't see them like I bet. Y'all can't pass my scrimmage. Why y'all tripping? It's Aruba. I realized I had to go.